2019, I was like, I'm getting on stage at least 300 times. That's cool. This year. And I hit like 330. What is your process? The best stuff comes from just sitting down and thinking about it. Just like actually doing the work. There's an app that I like called flow state so you set a timer for how long you want to write for if you stop typing for seven seconds it completely deletes everything that you've written so the idea is just whatever's in the brain get it on the page i'm gonna bust that brain nut bust the brain nut <laughs> what does it mean to have your shit together do you think we want to eat healthy quit watching porn make money be funny succeed in stand-up we want like the podcast to do well if you're eating unhealthy all the time like you have no energy you just want to sleep all day you're depressed because you're constantly crashing off like sugar and carbs what would you do if you were 15 right now i'm kind of doing what the 15 year old i'm on youtube watching rap documentaries and like bronx drill music videos <laughs> Dude, we're doing what every 15 year old would yeah. be doing trying to do content trying to do comedy yeah. trying to do youtube i'd be smoking way better weed <laughs> yeah yeah Welcome everyone to the OG pod. Today I have Jesse Burlingame, who's what a comic up? here in Austin and host of the Lonely Man's podcast. Right here, we have Rep, my merch. Repping the merch. Where where can we buy your merch, sir? Uh, teespring.com slash lonelymans. Uh, actually, don't buy it from there. I don't know if I can log into it anymore. Okay. <laughs> well, if you want a shirt, get, get it, but I might not get paid for it. I have no idea. Dude, what is going on in the world? Tell, tell us a story. Of, uh... What are you into? merch? No, no, just like, just like life, like... I feel like there's so much crazy shit happening right now. I met a guy at the park today. He yeah. was talking to me about aliens. The park over here. I like your area, dude. You're like over the river and through the woods. This is nice. Yeah, yeah it is. I'm trying to stay here. Yeah, I'm over the I river can. and through the hood right now. Yeah, yeah, through the hood. <laughs> We're gentrifying Austin and the comics. <laughs> we are. It's not gentrified enough. My rock climbing shoes got stolen off of my doorstep the other day. Oh, and shit. I was hoping the person would open up the package and be like, I don't rock climb. I'm just going to return these to the owner. Do you know who's that YouTuber, Rob, uh, something he does, or Mark Robert, I think is his name. Mark Robert, yeah. Robert, oh, is that his name? Robert. Yeah, Mark Robert. He does this like funny trick where he uh, fills a, a camera up with glitter yeah. and then like has it be like a fake uh, you know, thing on a yeah, doorstep just, and people steal it and then he like gets them covered in glitter, films the whole thing, throws yeah, it on YouTube. Yeah, he puts fart spray in there. Fart spray in there. Every year he like ramps up. He's like, I'm going to add more fart spray. Yeah. And then he get this like super fine glitter that you can't get out of like your skin even, I think. That is what I love about this world is yeah. people have way too much time and money <laughs> and they're just doing crazy shit. That guy used to work for NASA and yeah. now he's covering poor people in glitter. And much better spray. use of time. Much better use of time. Like we got enough engineers, right? Yeah. They launched the james webb space telescope we got scientists working on it let's get fart spray yeah we do <laughs> let's take it he's knocking off like indian call centers too he's trying to take oh, those i, guys I did down. see a little bit of that yeah dude there's so many youtube channels dedicated to indian scam call centers which i guess are multi-billion dollar schemes and they're run by real like corporate leaders in india they're, they like fund them secretly what are they, are they scamming like old people? What are they doing? Yeah, they mostly oh, like the shit. old people, um, the mentally, I don't know what we call it anymore. Retarded? Yes. <laughs> challenge, challenge. <laughs> and they say I'm autistic, so I can say retarded. Neurodivergent. Neurodivergent. I like that They prey on the neurodivergent elderly people. Yeah. <laughs> um, I forget what one guy's called. He just opened his own call center to catch these guys. Because they have software where they can get into these call center guys' computers, get their whole call list, and then they call victims and see if they've already sent out the money and they like catch it in between the the pickups and the drop off sometimes it's like a war it's a war of who can like yeah. dump the most resources into these kind of like plays or whatever right 
Yeah. I'm glad the one guy did open an office and like hire a team and is actually trying to help people because I'm like, is he just like monetizing off of people getting scammed? But he actually cares. He tries to get them their money back if they can. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. The thing I've been thinking about with AI, which I talk a lot about on this show, yeah. is what is going to happen when like somebody just builds a chat bot that just spams the internet. This is probably already happening on Twitter yeah, and forums and stuff. Russia's probably got Russia troll happen. farms. We know about those. Those yeah. are real. That's just real. Yeah. That's as real but as the FBI. you need to hire human beings. Now, if I can get a computer to do that. Yeah. Well, like imagine if you can just like, uh, if you don't have to be Putin, if you're like some 15 year old kid in your basement and mm. you just know how to code or whatever, you don't even have to know how to code. You just yep. know how to tell GPT to code. And you go and you like single out, you know, just somebody in your community or a teacher or whatever, just somebody you have a vendetta against. <laughs> yeah. And you just start writing like insane reviews, post them on, on Google and like get these AI bots working for you. Yeah. Uh, one of the just thoughts. AI bots spamming ratemyprofessor.com. Yes. That kind of shit. Exactly. <laughs> like that's what's going to happen. That's going to be the future. Yeah. And uh, like the future I, of trolling is now. Dude. Yes. Yes. That is the ultimate use of AI is trolling. <laughs> But it actually does seem to be... They can write memes now. The, the 2024 election is probably going to be all AI-generated yeah. Trump memes. Yeah. I've been messing around with this AI art. Uh, we're Instagram friends now. And right. so you're going to see a lot of my... <laughs> I'm posting it all the time because it's so easy to create it. Yeah. Like you just type in anything you're thinking. It's, it feels like fishing. Yeah. Where like you're just casting your line out. Mm -hmm. You never know what you're going to get. Sometimes you get something freaking cool. Yeah. And then you can elaborate Did it. Did you ever tell you with like Fabio hair, like yeah. flowing locks? Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> what? Have long hair I, had, uh, I did have kind of long hair. No, uh, my avatar is a is a uh, AI art though. Yeah, from it's like you was a barbarian or something. Uh, it's just me looking cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought it looked cool at least. It's yeah. like you know, forty percent more muscle than I have. Like perfect lighting. Was that the one app that everyone used? Yeah, Lenza. 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 How much? How much? What they made a killing in like they made a week. A killing. It's yeah. over now. It's but, over. Yeah. It's good that their servers could handle it. Like when you pop or, you know, explode, you got to be ready to handle the load. Yeah, because they were around for two years and then some influencer found them. Yeah. And it went crazy. Or I think they rolled out that selfie thing and probably hired somebody, paid somebody to like post about it. Yeah. Yeah, because within two days, I'm like, oh, this is the Everyone, thing this week. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think it's pretty cool, though. It looks cool. Like, yeah. you feed in a bunch of faces, and you get something that's, like, Way actually, hotter than what you Yes, really exactly. <laughs> I'm like, I'm just going to use this forever. It's never going to age. It's always going to look great, and people can recognize it. Once they come out with a more realistic version, I guess that's already, like, the Instagram filters that I won't say just women use, because I, I know men use them a lot, too do they if i could filter out my adult acne dude yeah i would go for, i'll go i'll get a face tune do you think trial. women want to see a little grit and well maybe not maybe they want a pretty boy i have no idea no idea dude. we should get a girl in what? here and ask her <laughs> yeah. what do you really want to you see you got the couch you, you gotta have like a like a panel of women one day one to day like challenge all the dudes you have we'll the get uh the the girls from what was that podcast we were just talking about fresh and fit no no your mom's house no that's oh call her daddy call her daddy <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> we can't afford that we do it yeah they're making money have now you seen fresh and fit maybe they'll do it just because they're nice <laughs> fresh and fit go, like trolls sugar daddy websites and dating apps and they find these like stereotypical club girls and they'll have like some uh like red pilled manosphere guest on and then surround him with literally 12 chicks off the street <laughs> and what they just like make fun of them the whole time for being women oh that is i mean what do you think of this red pill stuff this manosphere it's i can't tell if it's like dying out or if it's picking up like it seems like it's been in the news for a it's while going through ebbs and hoes right now yeah uh, ebbs and hoes. <laughs> like yeah well andrew tate flew way too close to this on 
So they people like, say he's smart. I'd like to meet him. <laughs> I but, like Andrew Tate as a comedian. I discovered him through Tom Segura's comedy podcast. So that's how I was introduced to him. So I'm like, all right, he's saying wild shit about women. He's trying to promote something. And then it turns out he has this online school, which I bought a one month membership to. to see no, he got about. you. He got you. He got 50 bucks out of me. Oh, shit. It's a discord server that teaches you how to do Amazon drop shipping, which you can learn from about a thousand YouTube tutorials. It's just an MLM. It like seems so. It is. Yeah. yeah they yeah. have professors. The professors curate free videos from YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> which is kind of nice if you don't want to like look for all this stuff yourself. But they're like, hey, watch this hour-long YouTube video that's online for free that I found myself by Googling copywriting or whatever. But then you talk to other people, and they love those courses. And they're yeah. like, hey, this person took the time to curate the content, put it in like a structure, put it in a lesson format, yeah. and I'll buy five of those yeah. just because I'm interested. A friend of mine was taking a $500 copywriting course, and I was like, oh, well, there's a copywriting section on here. Check this out. And yeah. she's like, can you send that to me? <laughs> Everything I've learned, and this is why I love YouTube, and please don't ever ban me because I freaking love YouTube. Uh <laughs> Yeah, are you on Rumble yet? I upload all my stuff to Rumble as well. As a as a safety measure, yeah. I probably should. I yeah. probably should. Just in case I get labeled as a manosphere podcast. We're called Lonely Mans. It's two men that talk about dating sometimes. We might get lumped in with all these guys. Yeah. Just yeah. in case. Um it's not a bad idea. But I don't know, man. Everything I learned, even like how to produce a show, yeah. I learned from YouTube. Mm -hmm. Everything, like coding, music, like anything I've been interested in over the years, yeah. I've I've uh, been able to enhance through YouTube. Mm -hmm. And it's it's an incredible network of content, uh, library of content. Yeah, my car breaks all the time, and I go to a garage oh. to fix it. I'm like, I'm gonna stop doing that and just start buying tools and doing everything myself. You can, you can. Yeah. I mean, I don't know with these new electric vehicles. Um, so, if it's well, possible, there's already people on YouTube that are hacking these cars and stuff. That's scary. Yeah. Yeah. There's people creating their own self-driving mechanisms for Teslas, like overriding all this stuff. You know, like the Tesla has a camera inside the cabin. No, I didn't know that. That shit's creepy. Oh, my co-host Ben Basunga was, we were talking about this on our podcast the other day, how eventually they're going to have face tracking technology to tell if you're too tired or too drunk to operate the vehicle. That might not be a bad idea, actually. Like safety mechanisms? Yeah, because yeah, you know, right, where's the line of freedom? Right, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. You're what do just, you think? You're just, what's uh, Darwin's thing? The survival of the fittest. Yeah. Natural or selection. Natural selection. Yeah. You're removing natural selection. That's true. Yeah. It's some artificial people have, selection. Yeah, it is. We're keeping the dummies alive. Yeah. It's like glasses for low IQ or something. I just drove that. <laughs> my brother lives in Jacksonville and uh, he was like, don't fly, drive down. That way you can have your car all week uh, and you can do your own thing. I was like, all right, cool. So he flew into Austin and then we took turns driving to Jacksonville. But on the way back, I had to drive myself. And stupidly, I drove for 18 hours straight. And by the last hour, it felt worse than like any time I've ever been drunk. Not that I like drink and drive, but like I got out of the car at a rest stop, like a convenience store and s literally stumbled into this place. <laughs> My eyes were like so bleary, like I look fucked up. So, but I was only an hour away. I was like, I can make it, dude. And I just like, you, know, you ever put the thumbs up on the steering wheel to like line up the lines on the road? No, how does that work? <laughs> that's when you're super tired. Yeah, that's, yeah. yeah I could see how that would work. <laughs> I had like the windows open. I'm like blasting Joe Rogan podcast, trying to stay awake. I had, I had this drive I was doing from North Carolina to Texas to Austin. Yeah, it's probably about My the same distance. Place. 
Yeah, it was like 1200 miles. Yeah. It was a long drive. Mm-hmm. And I was, it was the same thing last couple hours, but I was hitting this storm and it was like heavy rain. And this weird thing happened where it like warped my vision where like I could not, it was the most disturbing feeling because it felt, it looked like I wasn't moving, yeah. but I knew I was going like 60 miles an hour. And so I was just like staring at the line on the left of the road yeah. and just like following that line. That's what I had to get in the left lane eventually and follow that line. Yeah. But then everyone was trying to pass me on the right the whole time. Right. Cause I didn't want to go too fast either. Like, yeah, maybe I do need a safety mechanism in my car that like makes me like, t- like pull over. We're going to have this AI world where like every car drives itself. Everything is monitored. You walk into a store and it knows who you are. Mm -hmm. You're like not going to have to like, you know, ever use your credit card. You're just, have you heard of those, the Amazon stores? Uh, Oh, with the thumbprint or the handprint? Um, It's like, I think a Whole Foods actually, where it's uh, no checkout. You just walk in, pick up whatever you like. Mm -hmm. The camera tracks your face, tracks everything. And um, you just walk out with your food and, and no transaction. Overdrafts your debit card. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Dude, yesterday I watched this guy walk into HEB, pick up four chickens, yeah. walk right out. <laughs> and I'm like, that must happen 10 times a day. Yeah. That must happen 10 times a day. I've heard of people filling like carts like with meats and stuff. Like they're like, I'm having a barbecue and I have no money. And they just fill up a cart and just run it out to the back of a truck. You know, I don't know. If you in. need to do that, like, I guess you just take it. Take it <laughs> I don't yeah. even have that big of a problem with it. I'm not H-E-B. I worked at Walmart for way too long as a cashier. I was in the, the garden center. It's way on the side. There's only a couple registers. People would just run out with shit all the time. Yeah, it's kind of baked in, I guess, to their costs or whatever. Yeah. The fraud. But still, like... I was in a small town. Just So I'm from Worcester, Massachusetts. It's the second biggest city in New England next to Boston. So... I was working at a Walmart, a town next to Worcester, and then Worcester opened its own Walmart, like huge, like 24 hours. Super center. Within, yeah, it was a super center. Within six months, they eliminated the 24-hour policy and hired like full-time security guards because they lost over $5 million Whoa. in a year. Yeah, from theft. And a lot of the employees were stealing out of there too. Wow. I mean... Overnights, like... I don't think they probably, maybe they had one overnight security guard or something, but like a door greeter is not paying attention at three in the morning. Like at some point it's easier just to like make money than to steal. I feel mm-hmm. like, I guess it depends on what you're trying to do in life. Yeah. But so let's talk about you. What are the things that you got going? You got lonely man's podcast. You got stand up, doing stand up, doing the podcast. How, how uh, do you, how do you, what are your, what are your comedy ambitions? I'd like to, I want a headline. I want to get on the road. Yeah. The road seems pretty cool. Yeah. What if it sucks though? What if it's just like a lot of driving? I'm fine with that. Yeah, me it's too. gonna be for a while. That'd be great, wouldn't yeah. it? Yeah. Unless like you pop off like a Hans Kim, and I love Hans Kim. Yeah. Friend, friend of the pod, friend of the Lonely Man's podcast. Uh, he was able to pop in a way where he like skipped all that, like driving from state to state. Like he'll drive to like Dallas and Houston and San Antonio, maybe like Oklahoma. But he was able to like skip that whole like just driving around the whole country, you know, but I would be down with that. I would be down with it too. I was talking yeah. to, who was it? I can't remember, but the I need idea. to do that like anyway, like that's a good way to network. You just like drive out to random cities or fly out to random cities for a week, hit all the open mics, do all yep. your best shit. Everyone's yep. like, who's this guy? What's your Instagram? You come back yep. with like a whole contact sheet and you're like, Hey, are there any shows I can headline? Blah, blah, blah. People are like, Oh yeah, I'll put you on. Yeah, I haven't, I've been going full podcast mode, and mm. so I haven't done much stand-up, but yeah. someday I How will circle back to it. For? 
you know, all in like literally a matter of months. If oh, you okay. if you tie everything yeah. <laughs> together, because I've like I did some in Utah, I did some out here, yeah. but I never was able to get into a groove where it was like every single week. I know I'm doing. I, well, I guess I I got into a groove a couple times, yeah, and that was nice when you get in the groove. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's hard to get in that groove because it's such a chaotic world. Yeah, and like mics are opening, mics are closing, and it's just like I worked. I've been doing it. Next month will be six years. Hell yeah. Uh, six years is a good amount of time the first year was like a couple a month up two to four a month open mics the next year i met uh paul cyphers and ben basunga my two best friends i moved to austin texas with both uh co-hosts on the men's podcast are they from massachusetts as well or uh ben's from colorado paul and i are both massachusetts boys cool uh but we all lived in worcester at the time so we met and we all started within months of each other in 2017. So we were like 2018. We're doing this at least three times a week. We just set a small goal like that. Yep. And that was easy to achieve. And then we got so used to that. We're like, oh, let's just go do more. Yeah. So then in 2019, I was like, I'm getting on stage at least 300 times. That's cool. This year. And I hit like 330 or, or 315. I think Ben got 330. I got like 315. What is your process? How do you, wh- where does your material come from? What topics do you like talking about? How do you come up with this? Just conversations. I'll make notes in my phone. Yeah. Um, just the best stuff comes from just sitting down and thinking about it. Just like actually doing the work. Yeah. And writing. There's an app that I like called Flow State that I use on my MacBook. It's a word processor. If you, so you set a timer for how long you want to write for from five minutes to three hours. If you stop typing for seven seconds, it completely deletes everything that you've written. Whoa. Yeah. It's so it keeps you in the flow is the idea. Yeah. Wow. It's called like the most dangerous. Now, is there any way to, there must be like a command Z for that. No, there's no one. What? Yeah. So the idea is just whatever's in the brain, get it on the page. Just dump everything out. Yeah. Yeah. I journal with that a lot too. Same. Um, so I'll, I'll do that for 15 minutes in the morning. Just get all the bullshit out of my brain to start That's the day. It's so helpful to mm-hmm. just get the bullshit out of your brain. And then you can, you know, it's like jacking off. <laughs> you just got to get the poison out that you yeah. can do other things. <laughs> I got to bust that brain nut before I yeah. go out. <laughs> oh my God. I love that line. Bust the brain nut. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I got to get that off, dude, before I leave that, before I hurt somebody. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. I'll do that for 15 minutes. Um, I'll look through my notes and grab like four or five ideas, set that timer for an hour, and then I'll bang on each topic for like 10 to 15 minutes and then go back. And if it's like something I really like, then I'll do that again and try to do that for longer. So you get a topic, you write about that for some time, 15 minutes. Yeah, not even like really trying to be funny about it. Yeah, just whatever you're interested in, whatever ideas are coming. Mm -hmm. And then in that... um, how do you translate that to the stage? And then you got to take it on stage, just work it out. Are you, but are you rehearsing it? Are you doing bullets? Like how scripted do you get? I'm a big bullet points guy. Nice. Yes. I will write. I'm like, this is the setup. This is the punchline. This is the tag. They're all like indented yep. and everything. I do that a lot. Um, I, I like I, that. I like that format actually, because mm. it kind of like is the natural rhythm when you're, even when you're listening to comedy, people have a flow and then that's the joke and it kind of has a cadence yeah. and you can get that cadence while you're writing. Mm. And, and it, and it does seem to be in that bullet format. Yeah. I try to write how I'm going to do it on stage and I am like very scripted, uh, very like set up punch 
quick jokes like in and out i've been trying to expand on more things like you just gotta sit with the bit and write on it and just like more stuff and then people will give you tags too mm-hmm. i wrote paul cyphers a lot you like, ever do alden's tag mic that's pretty fun i used to do it at the romo room i haven't done it at the lucky duck yet is that where we met romo room or maybe creek or vulcan i think the creek okay yeah the other day we were definitely at the creek together oh yeah yeah um but i feel like back in the day uh i was at romo room a lot that was like i love that mic oh okay we might have met there then yeah yeah i would I would drop in there once in a while yeah those mics were terrible but it was they were good terrible <laughs> but they had this sign up that i loved because you could like get your exact slot and you knew exactly where you were and that was convenient it was very convenient. It was very convenient. You just had to refresh the list all day to wait for the new one to pop up to grab a spot. I built this script that would monitor the web page. Yeah, and it would automatically sign me up whenever it was released. Dude, I need you on my team for shit for bullshit like that. Dude, now ChatGPT can do it. Uh, it can write you a, like a refresh script. It can write you really good code. And so, like the, I think the thing that is going to separate people in the future is like if you know how to ask the right questions. Yeah. And you don't have to be an expert at anything anymore. I'm good at Google searching, so I might be good at ChatGPT. Dude, I think if you are good at Google searching, it's the same muscle. Because mm-hmm. some people like can't get Google results to save their life. I hate watching a podcast where like, can you look this up? And the person's putting in the completely wrong. Keywords. Yeah. Yeah. And they're like typing out a full question into yeah. google but now with chat gpt you actually can talk to it just like a person yeah so the ultimate dream is i want uh i have mad respect for jamie from joe rogan's podcast He's and one of the best he does it all with one hand too. I, I love everything he does and how he contributes mm-hmm. but like i want like a 10 percent version of that in a ai robot on this table that you can like voice command that i can voice command mm-hmm. that we were talking like i think we were talking about that i think that's where i had that idea um and and because you but you need to be able to talk to it like a person so you have to be able to say what is this unit of information and then boom it has it like instantly Mm -hmm. you know in real time yeah uh but what you could do like what what would be something that you would want is like i don't know like a refresh script or like uh some kind of step like when you're producing your podcast what what are the steps that you take let's see if we can come up with some coding challenges for ai to like improve my podcast yeah yeah um like a like uh automatic uploader i i put in the one video it automatically puts it on rumble youtube yep. anchor yep uh titles it the way i want for each platform because i title it different on anchor than i do on youtube yep uh and then write me an episode description and i could like yes. contribute keywords to it yes that is the kind of shit we're, we're going to be able to do i don't think yeah. we're there quite yet but i think in the future you're going to be able to be like just describe it exactly like this. I have these three platforms where I put my content mm-hmm. and I'd like to use their APIs to automatically upload it yeah. from my computer. I wonder if that's all right. That has to be out there. There's probably a service that does it. Yeah. Um, but the thing is like everyone's going to be able to customize to whatever their workflow is. So one of the things that I do just every podcast now, cause it's so easy mm-hmm. is I take the transcript, throw it into GPT and just have it summarized because we're going to talk about so many topics I'm never going to remember all that. Yeah. Like there's no, you know, you can't record every episode and watch every second of every episode, but you want to find all those topics. Yeah. So feed in the transcript, have it extract the themes. Boom. Now you remember everything you talked about. You can go back and like find those things in the transcript, create clips, Mm. that kind of stuff. That's already a superpower. Then you take that theme extraction and you say, generate YouTube titles from it. Generate uh headline marketing things from the perspective of a potential listener that would be really engaging stuff like that yeah and 
I had it right. I had ChatGPT write a promo for our podcast geared towards young women. And there you go. But I think it basically just said, are you a single young woman? Well, here's yeah. a podcast for you. <laughs> Sometimes it's pretty lame. Like, yeah. it's not going to be able to make a joke, you know? Like, there's things that it sucks at. But You, you could put in, like, make it funny. Uh, I had it write a bio for a comic, John Rice. He's uh, my roommate. We have him on the podcast all the time. And uh, he's like, oh, have it write me a bio. He's like, I suck at those. So I wrote him like a plain bio and then I said like make it funny and it's like uh, John's got more energy than a, a room full of puppies on Red Bull. Okay, well, it's that's like, something. It's all right. Yeah, yeah. there's something there. <laughs> yeah. But that actually is the cool thing. So like if you don't like what it, what it created, it still has the context of the last thing. Yeah. So then you can just say elaborate it this way or include this keywords yeah. or however you like to change it mm-hmm. and it figures it out. Yeah, whenever it says this is inappropriate, I try to say make it appropriate. Sometimes <laughs> yeah. it will and sometimes it won't. I'll be like, take out the the uh, offensive parts of it. Yeah. I was trying to put in a Dave Chappelle transcript and there was too many N-words and swears. That, yeah, that is like, you need your own like private version that yeah. you can say anything into. Yeah. And I think we'll get there, though, because this is That'll the first be like year. That'll be premium version of it, probably. Man, I think it's going to be so cheap, though. I think it's going to be pennies a day to do unlimited access. Mm-hmm. Because at the end of the day, it's just electrons. Like, yeah. the hard thing was training the model. That model, GPT, I think it's like 4.5 million, whatever. The cost is paid. Yeah. Guess what? They're going to pay 45 million next year or whatever, maybe in five years. They're always going to be upgrading these models, retraining them. The new thing in AI is multimodal. So they're going to have like chat GPT plus image generation plus code generation plus whatever. It'll be like an Adobe suite. It'll be an Adobe suite. Yeah. And then it all comes together in some kind of freaking sentient robot mind that wakes up and kills the human race. (laughs) That's where we're headed. That's where we're headed. Have you watched the Netflix AI generated stand up special? Is No. It's all CGI animated and then it was all written by AI and it has like really corny jokes in it and stuff. But then it would have like, like visual, like sight gags to go along with it. Like the guy's like, I got the world on my shoulders or something. And then like a globe, a giant globe like drops onto his shoulders. That's the kind of shit that we're going to be able to do instantly. Yeah. It was any good or. It was like, it was like funny as a concept. Yeah. But not as like a real special. Yeah. You couldn't like do like a face swap of a celebrity and like put it in, write a script for Dave Chappelle. But you can imagine that in a couple more versions, we're going to start getting closer and closer to expert level production, yeah. whatever that expert is. And if they're a comedy expert, you know, it, it seems hard for me to imagine that it could be good at writing jokes. And I don't really know why that is. Mm. And I think it's because first of all, a lot of comedy is contextual. And so that context is like something's in the news or you are relating something personal on stage or it's in the moment. It's in the moment. You're crowd work type stuff or what the last guy said. And crowd work kills harder than anything that you'll write. Cause it is in the moment. Oh yeah. We're like, that's just for us. Yeah. It's a special thing. Like, like maybe he'll be able to use it again, but we don't know that. Well, maybe he's written it before, but no, I think it pertains to this like very moment. I think it is like the highest form when you can get, this is why I love Tim Dillon because he's like got this rant muscle that's absurd. Yeah. But um, yeah, like it is just for that audience. And yeah, maybe they've done a million heckles and so they're really good at it and they have like 
you know, like even even just going to open mics, you're going to pick up a couple things to say like, oh, I'm, you know, sorry I even came out tonight or whatever. Just stuff yeah. that you like pick up that's you kind of reuse. Yeah, there's all like the bomb saves that you save that up. kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah, and so like you pick up those things, and then like a real master, they don't even think about it. They just have their mm-hmm. whole palette to paint with or whatever. Yeah, I want an AI that recognizes like, well, this isn't going like I planned. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it can't. Yeah, it that's exactly doing- what it said. This is not. This was not according to plan. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but this it, was not in my program. <laughs> if, if they could, if they could get like some kind of context or something, mm-hmm. um, it would. If, if AIs can write funny jokes, we're probably fucked. <laughs> yeah, as a species, as a species, because it can already code. Yeah. It can already do art. What you know, like it's like face scanning everyone in the audience to see if they're yes, too drunk. <laughs> yes, totally. And like targeting them or whatever, like yeah. making them part of the show. Right. Yeah. It's going to be a wild world, but I'm pretty excited for it. So Lonely Mans, what do you guys talk about? Uh, are men really better than women? I mean, we know the answer <laughs> to that. <laughs> we don't have to say it. We don't have to say it. If you talk to my co-host, Benbo Samuels, that's what I've been calling him lately because he goes on these like Kevin Samuels type rants. Well, we kind of bullshit about everything. We named it Lonely Mans because during the pandemic, everyone was starting a podcast or an OnlyFans. So we just combined the two of them. There you go. Oh, that's really one. funny. And... Uh, it's mostly Benbo and myself. Paul Cyphers comes and goes as he pleases, which he's welcome to do. He he uploads onto our Patreon all the time to like solo podcasts and like music and stuff like that. But uh, it's really the only time I see my best friends during the week. We sit down for two hours a week and bullshit. So like we will just catch up with each other and see what's going on. Yeah. Usually there's like now there's always something crazy going on in the news. So like Kanye will come up or Andrew yeah. T- like because I knew about Andrew Tate before he like really took off like only like six months before he blew up once he was on the your mom's house podcast i started talking about him like do you guys know about this guy andrew tate and everyone's like no tell me about him and then six months later they're like we don't want to talk about andrew tate anymore dude he's got some crazy shit to say yeah like (laughs) women are his property and he can like whatever i mean i don't really i would be really surprised if he actually did all of these allegations i'm sure he's done some shady shit in his life who hasn't But did he was he like a I sex trafficker or whatever? No women I doubt were it. victimized. Like that's the best case scenario that the Matrix really is after him and no one is hurt. No one's being kidnapped and forced to do I mean, webcam porn or whatever. Even if he crossed a couple of lines, like I doubt he's like systematically creating, you know, like uh, whatever porn or whatever like that they're saying that he did. Because if he did that, how would he put his face he, out into the universe? The thing is he might have. Really? That's scary. That's scary. Okay. That's not good. <laughs> his origin story, which he's told on every single podcast Oh, can you tell it first? I actually don't know it. He was a broke kickboxer, uh, owed some money to some shady people, owed like $100,000. He only had a few like tens of thousands of dollars, bought some computers and webcams, called all of his girlfriends that were like ring card girls and stuff. Because he's a good looking guy. He's in shape. He's charismatic. I guess he had like five girlfriends. Flies them all out to his apartment and was like, we're going to do webcam porn together. And four of them were like, fuck that and left. And one of them was like, yeah, I'll stay. And then from there, he just kept like recruiting women to do this. And then he would have guys like typing on the keyboards. So the girls just had to sit there and talk and look pretty and pretend to type. And then he would have guys chatting to them, getting them to send them money. And this is how he made like his like first million dollars. His brother, Tristan still runs an OnlyFans management business, which a lot of guys do. And I'm sure that can get 
shady, but how they recruit these girls is what they're like filing the trafficking charges on them. Cause now there's this term lover boy, which everyone's acting like they've been using for years. It's the first I've ever heard of it. It's like lover boy pimping or the lover boy method or something like that. So you got a girl to fall in love with you and then she'll do whatever you say. That's so. how it works. <laughs> That's called relationships. <laughs> like, what? Is that but, really seen as a, a negative thing? But you're manipulating into them into doing something that they wouldn't do normally. Oh, yeah, like getting married and taking half your shit. I mean, not that that's happened to me, but like, <laughs> You yeah. might be more red-pilled in manosphere than me, bro. I'm just saying, like, <laughs> that's relationships or whatever. Like, yeah. everyone gets what they want out of to a relationship. To an extent, I guess. But if a girl was like, I would never do porn, and then some guy was like, do porn for me, and then they do it. So we're talking about manosphere and... Andrew Tate, Andrew being the top G, getting women to do whatever... Yeah. Tell them to do. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like, what is it? Like, are we going to throw women who are, what do, what do we call, gold diggers? Are we going to throw them in jail? Uh, no, I guess. I don't yeah, know. we're not. Like, <laughs> let, dig all the gold you can. Like, yeah. more the better. Like, become a decamillionaire, a hundred millionaire I've, from it. I watch a lot of, like, Manosphere podcasts because I find it entertaining. Who, what's a good Manosphere podcast? Uh, like, any, like, Tate's on a bunch of them, but, like, Fresh and Fit, I was talking about, has all the OnlyFans girls on there all the time. <clears throat> the stuff I take from it is the basically just improve yourself and your life's probably going to get better. If you're like fat, sad, depressed. Yeah. Uh, Nobody wants to hang out with that guy. <laughs> Somebody who's fat, sad, and depressed. <laughs> yeah. No one wants to hang out with you, men or yeah. women. Right. Men or women. Yeah. So, and then like most of the advice they give are if you're trying to pick up like a gold digging Miami club girl. Like some 15 year old kid in the Midwest, this does not apply to him whatsoever unless he like hits it big on crypto and moves to Miami or Dubai or something. Yeah. Like that kid just needs to. I think the main Manosphere message is don't be a fat, lazy piece of shit. Have something to offer people and don't chase women. Right. You got to reverse that. Yeah. Don't be a fat, lazy, broke piece of shit. Yeah. Sad, broke. Well, money matters. Money matters. It does. And, you know, like people have this attitude that, um, I don't know, like money isn't important. It's super important. It mm. like actually matters a lot. Yeah. <laughs> and so everyone should make as much money as they possibly can and keep as much money as you possibly can mm. is the other half of that equation. Yeah. One thing they say is every woman's a gold digger. It's just to what extent she'll admit it. Cause it's like, you don't want to be the guy that has like $0. He's like hundred grand in credit card debt or something like that. Like you don't want to take that on totally in your life. You're like you want someone that can like sustain and build and like, be at your level also kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Like, or okay. I think so most women want a guy that's like a little bit like above, above or whatever. Them. Yeah. Yeah. And whatever, that's the trade. Like people are happy with it. Men want to be around beautiful women for whatever reason i don't even know exactly why that is yeah but they're willing hot because they're hot yeah (laughs) like why we don't have to analyze it like they're hot (laughs) solved (laughs) and uh women want to be around uh i don't know just like uh higher status people that they can i don't i it sounds lame in this world to say provide for Mm -hmm. um but i do think there's an element to that well, in, like in these gender dynamics, yeah, you want safety, whether that's like physical safety, yep. financial yep. safety, emotional safety. You um, want to be with the guy who can fuck guys up for yeah. sure. You want a guy who's got his like shit together. Yep, to some degree. To some degree. So and the these more, guys, are, and the more the better. 
these no. that these guys are telling men get your shit together yeah that's the whole course fall into place yeah that's the whole course charge yeah. 500 bucks get yeah. your shit together <laughs> okay so here's Subscribe my question to my patreon we'll, we'll tell you that we'll repeat this every week it's, it's just gonna be on repeat most uh, of our podcast is us complaining about how we don't have our shit together and brainstorming how we can get our shit together well what does it mean to have your shit together do you think um we try to we want to eat healthy Mm-hmm. quit watching porn mm-hmm. um make money be funny succeed in stand-up succeed in oh, this is a really tall order okay <laughs> yeah we want like the podcast to do well and it all takes work and like yeah if you're eating unhealthy all the time like you have no energy yeah uh you just want to sleep all day you're depressed because you're constantly crashing off like sugar and carbs you can <clears> take adderall but that only works for the first two weeks yeah it, at the Adderall crash is crazy. You just, it's crazy. You just spend all this money on Adderall. You're killing your liver. Yeah. <laughs> it's not good. Is it not good? Adderall, it's not like a very sustainable thing. But is it more or less sustainable than caffeine? Because like, yeah, you know, I like... I take a lot of caffeine. Me too. I bought I buy caffeine capsules. It's like half caffeine, half L-theanine. Yeah. Which eliminates a lot of the jitteriness. I've been on that for like five years. Nice. But... When I drove from Jacksonville to Austin, I took like six of those. I was off like 600 milligrams of caffeine and I was so You're like tired seeing through the earth. <laughs> I was tired, but I couldn't fall asleep. You know, like I had oh, no that's like, a rough feeling. I yeah. know that feeling. I know physical energy, but I couldn't close my eyes. So like at that level, that's not very sustainable either. I heard one doctor on one show say it's good to have like a healthy caffeine addiction probably under 100 milligrams a day. I just think safe. you got to pick the drugs you like and <clears throat> cycle them. Uh, I like nicotine. I like weed. I yeah. like Adderall. I like alcohol. I like all those things. Now, I don't actually like alcohol that much. I think alcohol is the one I could actually live without. I like being buzzed, but like once I get a good buzz on, I'm like, let's make this buzz even better, dude. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> one more shot, and then you're fucked. <laughs> I was out with my brother he, when he came when he flew into Austin. Uh, before we drove to Jacksonville, we went out drinking, and his friend lives in Waco, so he came down. We're all catching up. We're like six beers deep. And then Ben finally shows up and he has not drank at all. So he's like, all right, let me jump into the game. Let's do shots. I did one shot and it was just like flipped a switch. Yeah, it just went over the edge. My face melted. My brother's like, are you good? Like he hadn't seen me in like seven years. So he's like, doesn't know. Like we haven't hung out too much in our lives because he's six years older than me. We had different dads. We lived at different houses growing up. And then he's been in the Navy since he was 17 and has been like all over the world. So we'll see each other very briefly. So he doesn't really know my like demeanor and like mannerisms and everything. So then he's like, I don't know, maybe this is how Jesse gets when he's drunk. But Ben like was like, no, Jesse's fucked. (laughs) (laughs) It's fun. You got to get plastered every once in a while and like keep it real. It was fun until it wasn't. And then I was like, I'm like, I can't even function right now. I have to like sit down and drink water at the club while my friends are like having fun and talking and shit. Yeah. I don't like getting to that point with alcohol. Uh, I quit drinking for two and a half years to get off weed because I became wow. such a weed addict. Like Same. that was a neat, uh, that, like to be a good boyfriend and a good comedian and a good employee and a friend. Like I had to quit smoking weed for a while and like really think about what was going on in my life and yeah. like analyze Not going to the haze. My, yeah. I was seeing a therapist <clears throat> for anxiety. And before I quit, like officially I was like, I'm going to go a whole month without smoking weed. 
So I, I go to this therapist. I'm like, yeah, I'm like really anxious at work and like around like people and blah, blah, blah. I quit smoking weed for a month and I'm like, uh, yeah, I'm like way less anxious. And she's yeah. like, you think it's because you're not smoking weed? Yeah. <laughs> totally. Totally. It's like, I was like, oh yeah, I've been doing this since I was 17. I haven't gone like a day without being high. Like, and at a certain point in my twenties, the weed just like started making me way more anxious and paranoid. It's such a good creative tool though. It can be. I like to punch up jokes with weed. It's hard for me to sit down to smoke weed and sit down and write jokes because I won't, I'll get distracted by YouTube or my phone or something. I'd, yeah. I'd rather like sit down sober with a coffee. Honestly, the more the older I get and the more kind of like uh, things I try to take on in the world, the more I'm like, I just want to maximize my energy. Yeah. That's the number one thing I care about. Mm-hmm. It, and that means like sleep is the number one most important thing. And that's why like Adderall and caffeine aren't are great. rough. Yeah. Yeah. They really do affect your sleep. Yeah. But weed does too. Like the dreams, that's totally real. I never dream when I'm smoking weed. Yeah. And then when I stop smoking, I dream of the crazy shit. Like I've been having these scary fucking dreams about AI are getting into our heads. Right yeah. I mean, for the most part, I'll smoke if I'm out or on the show or whatever. But right. I'm, I, I would smoke every day, you know, six hours a day, 10 hours a day, whatever. Yeah. Um, Once I got the vape pen, it like completely ruined me in 2018. Yeah. Yeah, the vape pens are dangerous. I was just ripped all day long. You can go to the bathroom, like yeah, at work or wherever. Yeah, like yeah. my friend and I would go to the. We would meet up. We worked in two different departments. We'd meet in the courtyard, and no one knew what like the cartridge pens looked like yet. Yeah. So we would like be ripping those out there, and no one would have any idea. And then within a few months, people started giving us the nod, and we're like, "All right, we gotta stop this." <laughs> Dude, it is pretty fun to work high, though. <laughs> it makes work so fun. I worked in a in a laser factory running these, like, sputtering machines that put thin films of precious metals onto, like, the components. Is it a real thing? Laser factories? Yeah, I worked for a precious Russian metals. laser factory. Sounds awesome. And this was, like... I was yeah I was there in 2016 when all that like Russia Gate shit was going on so it was like kind of funny to be I was like well if it goes down I know who pays my checks literally is <laughs> <laughs> Russia uh, but I would just be in these like this didn't help with my anxiety either I'm in a clean room uh, all the the walls are all completely white the floors are white the ceilings are white it's all white fluorescent lights I'm in a white Tyvek suit. Uh, with a white uh, hairnet on like there's no visuals there's no windows in there there's white curtains that come down over (laughs) that's crazy so i had like no visual or like creative stimulation in there i like had to get out of that it was so hard to like be funny and write jokes in there yeah but like sounds sterile i uh started microdosing for a little bit and uh i like went a little bit over the line one day and it was just like tripping out in this fucking laser factory <laughs> dude that is like a nightmare you wake up you're all in white in a white room you can't yeah. escape it's a laser factory it's like um, such a thing exists that scene in uh willy wonka where they go into the they all put the white suits on that's the show i've never seen shockingly really yeah i never or a movie i guess there was a scene, I think they might get like shrunk down or something like that, but like they like put on like big goggles. Like people would wear those at my job. We looked like we were in that like clean room of the Willy Wonka's chocolate factory. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I never saw that one. I forgot how we got it onto that. Oh, we're talking about like productivity as well. It's yeah, I watch a lot of these podcasts and I absorb a lot of this content and Ben and I discuss it all the time, but like to get the ball rolling on it, like I can get like a month or so going strong we'll do like sober october but then we'll add in like we have to like cut sugar cut porn cut sex like we'll just like any 
like feel good distraction. Yeah. The dopamine fast, they call it. Yes. We, we go on a full dopamine fast. Cause like a lot of the issues that like we, like a lot of guys have is like the isolation and just like trying to like, uh, you isolate yourself and then you're like distracting yourself, I mm-hmm. guess from yeah. the isolation. But yeah. that's what podcasts and comedy is really good for actually yeah. is getting you out of that hole. But like I will isolate and watch like six hours of podcasts and I'm like, why yeah. isn't my podcast doing well? Like yeah. these guys. And it's like, Oh, cause they like do the work for this podcast. They edited it. They upload all the clips, like they're writing jokes, all this stuff. A lot of it seems to be promotion. Like you got to find a way to let people know about your stuff. Like you can have yeah. the best stuff ever. Well, going on other podcasts helps. So. Yeah, I told it. Yeah. I mean that, you know, like that's a, that's a big goal is, is to get booked on other shows, get booked on other shows. Yeah, Cause that's how I find podcasts is through podcasts. That's totally true. That's how I find everyone is through podcasts. Yeah. And I think the reason why people love podcasts is cause you really are just hanging out. Like you're in the room and whatever's happening is, you know, you're there, you're there for it. There's a good meme where it's a kid sitting next to a poster of people at lunch laughing together. And it's uh, me listening to podcasts. Yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> seriously. Because you're like laughing along with people that aren't really there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But my question is, are they not really there? Because we have like these monkey brains that are not evolved for uh having like that stimulus in our ear all the time Mm. we're the first people in history to ever have um that level of exposure to other conversations you know there's books you can read a book takes a long time not many people are reading um yeah because it's not like audio seminar or like a sermon or something where it's a communal experience or a comedy show like you're all laughing along but even then like how often do you go to those once a week you know, like you yeah. can listen to five podcasts a day if you want. Mm-hmm. And so um, one of the things that I've been thinking about is the effect that uh, people have on your brain. Like when you keep listening to them, like obviously you're going to pick up their terms of phrases and yeah. their styles and their mannerisms. And it can be kind of like hard to get those out of your head mm-hmm. and like kind of. Be yeah, yourself. I say doggy all the time because I listen to Louis J. Gomez's podcast. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> what is he do? He does Skankfest, right? Yeah. And what's his show, his podcast, Legion of Skanks? He has Legion of Skanks in the Real Life Podcast. Yeah. It's a free plug for Louis Jago. <laughs> Did you go to Skankfest? I heard it was pretty good. I went to the I went to one in twenty seventeen in New York, right when I started stand up. No, uh, Rebecca from Creek owns that, right? Mm-hmm. As well. Did you ever go to Creek in New York or That's where the Skankfest was that I went to, yeah. That's cool. So it was like a tiny little black box theater. Uh, I think I saw Rebecca there. I think she was bartending. I was gonna say something to her, but she was so busy at the time yeah it's so funny how like many roles there are in comedy and obviously the one that everyone wants to be is the man on the stage Mm. uh but well i didn't even know if everyone wants to do that um some people like being opening acts some people like producing shows like i don't mind producing shows because they make money which is nice and then like if you produce a show you get your own stage time that's like the best thing a new comic can do yeah like like, host your own show yeah yeah because hosting's like a job like you don't have to be funny to host like and it builds a similar muscle where you're um able to improv and kind of make jokes off what the last guy said and you're always first on stage which isn't easy so it's just like a good challenge like you work a lot of muscles doing that yeah and then learning how to promote shows like there's a lot of guys in austin that are doing really well 
You ever think of doing stuff like improv or anything else like creatively in the in the domain of entertainment to maybe try to take, exercise that same stage muscle? Maybe take an improv class just to get out of my comfort zone. Yeah, right. Because it's something I don't want to do. Same. Same. Uh, maybe take a storytelling class. That would be good. I want to learn how to tell stories. It's such an important skill. Yeah, I'd like to tell more stories, produce more shows. Um did one down here, but it was at an outdoor venue, and they were like, can you put something on the flyer to say, don't bring your kids? And I was like, no, I'm just going to go to a bar that doesn't allow kids in <laughs> the building. Yeah. Do kids go to comedy shows? Like, I don't know. That's they go weird. to craft breweries with their parents for some reason. It's all kids and dogs over there. It's, it's absolutely insane. I don't know how that became like such a thing. But what uh, do you have any other kind of like ambitions? Like one of the things that I think of like as a good challenge for comedians yeah. just to see where they're at is like what this is breaking me out of my comfort zone because these are things that I have to think about. Oh, yeah. Let's like, break. Let's break the out of five the year zone? plan that I'm working on. Yeah. Here. Yeah. Tell me where you're going to be in 2028. Yeah. Uh, like I just turned 35 in five years. I'm going to be 40. If I'm still a broke open my comedian at 40, I'm not going to be happy with how <laughs> things have gone. Oh, man. It is. It is rough being on the other side of 35. But, you know, whatever. Yeah. We're all going to get there. Uh, I'm, I'm already there. I'm, I'm uh, facing 37. Yeah. Pretty fucking crazy. But uh, so what if somebody gave you a hundred grand a year? Let's say, let's make it a nice, tasty I think about that. half million. If let's I won the lottery million. or something, like I don't want to blow it all. Well, like I want, let's say it's a guaranteed thing where you're always going to have income forever and you never have to worry about it. And it's going to be, 000? no, it's going to be a tasty. It's going to be 500 K. Okay. And then uh, I could have a place on both coasts. Yeah. An apartment on both coasts. Doesn't need to be fancy. Yeah. Somewhere I can lay my head. But all that you're doing is producing other people's content. So <laughs> you're making 500 grand a year yeah. and, and your job is to produce content for other people. Or 75 grand a year forever mm -hmm. doing comedy. I'll take the 75. Really? Right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think there's a multiplier. I can never break that 75. Uh, you can never go above 75. No yeah. matter how good I get. Yeah, you're capped at 75. <laughs> world famous. Everyone knows your name. I'm Kevin Hart level capped. making $75,000. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's the curse. That's the curse. <laughs> or a half a million being behind the scenes and no one knows who I am and I'm not really like creatively expressing myself. But you're still like involved. You're still in the scene, but yeah. you're not actually putting your creativity out there. I'm, am I ever on mic? Never. No, I always like producing. That. Yeah. 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 I want to be the face of the content. I think that there has to be a 10x multiplier on your income when you do something creatively. Mm. And so if you make five bucks, that's 50 bucks. You just made 50 bucks in of doing something that is like, you know, it's not a bad job. People love doing that job. They're happy to do it and you yeah. make great money. Mm -hmm. But uh, it's not like your thing uh, is the way I think about it. Right. And so... I, I don't know. Like there's a lot of opportunities to make money in this world. And Dude, there's so many grifts and scams and like legit ways of doing things now. I feel like every course is a scam. I feel like every course is a scam. Like, yeah. uh, like we talked about, you know, people like buying them and they just like collecting courses. Ryan Long just put out a good sketch. There's like, uh, he's a guy that teaches people how to make money. So he makes money off of teaching people how yeah, to make money. That's everything. Yeah. And then he like turns into a pyramid scheme where you get more, you, you yeah. teach people how to make money. <laughs> and, yeah. And it all flows to the top. Mm. That's kind of like, uh, <clears throat> Tim Ferriss, you know him, the four hour work week. I know the name. I mean, he, like a lot, I'm he not brought up a lot on podcasts. Yeah. I, uh, I'm not against him at all. He, he's kind of like in the tech community or whatever. Yeah. But a lot of these guys, they make their money kind of in that way of like 
this is how you make money. It's the same thing as Andrew Tate. How do you make money? Telling other people how to make money. Okay, well, that's kind of bullshit. That's kind of bullshit. Yeah. I don't know. Make $10 million. Make $100 million that way. Yeah. I don't care. Do well, whatever. his thing is like, I made so much money like running all these businesses and stuff, which are all like kind of shady actually. But then the big thing was promoting himself as a millionaire. And yeah. Like, yeah. Like, do you want to be like me? Yeah. Join my Discord. <laughs> There's something chat. bullshitty about all that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It is weird to be like, I I guess the top G, but then still like need to be famous. Yeah. Like the top G is like, produ- you want to know who the top G is? Elon Musk. He goes in. The top G's, you don't know who the fuck they are. Yeah, that's true. They're like some Rothschilds character. They're yeah. like, you know, They're old like trillionaires. Saudi oil princes. Yeah. Yeah. Who allegedly are like even trillionaires, but like none of their money's on the books. Like yeah. they're off the grid. Private wealth. It makes yeah. you wonder how much private wealth there is because there's no way to know. Yeah. And you have these families that have been, you know, the royal family is a good <clears> example. <throat> All their stuff is public. But how many other families have been like accruing wealth throughout history? So if you had kids and you had a bunch of money what would you try to do with it? Would you try to like pass it on to them or like there's something about taking someone's struggle away. It's right. nice to have a struggle. Yeah. I like the people that, uh, that tell their kids, uh, I'm rich. You're not. Yeah. You got to make your own money. Yeah. And do your own thing. Because otherwise, like what is the incentive to get out there and work? Mm-hmm. If you're, if you're just, everything is made in the shade or whatever. Yeah, otherwise you're like a Hunter Biden, like smoking crack. Yes. Like fucking probably, you don't know what to do with yourself. Yeah. <laughs> what did he say? Like he called uh, Biden the big man or whatever. Like, wasn't he doing like, I don't he had know, like some a, kind a of shady deal for him. Yeah, yeah. I don't remember what it was. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Generational yeah, like wealth no is respect creepy. for his father who just like gave him all this money, gave him like no show jobs in Ukraine. Yeah. Like, I don't know a ton about this stuff, but yeah. Yeah. There's like, what, uh, what do they call it? Affluenza. Yeah. There's yeah. Where people who, kill themselves from affluent families. Is that what you're talking about? I've heard of or people like that. that they just don't know how to act in society. Like it, it really caught that term caught fire when this kid, uh, was drinking and driving. I think killed a mother and a daughter Shit. in a car accident and his lawyer's like, he doesn't know any better. He's so fucking rich. He doesn't know right from wrong. He has affluenza. <laughs> I wonder um, how those kids get a distorted perspective. There was something I used to live in Palo Alto. Mm. And it's like a very tech community. Lots of like rich tech guys. Yeah. A lot of their kids were like, this is terrible. Jumping in front of trains. Yeah. Often themselves. Were they all like zonked out on Xanax and stuff? Uh, probably yeah. something. But like they were kids they were teenagers like they had their whole life ahead of them Mm. and whatever they were facing was somehow so terrible and then you have to imagine there's some kid in the third world who just wakes up with the sunrise and is just pleased to breathe oh yeah (laughs) you know and he's like i got rice in my belly it's a great day yeah those hunter-gatherer tribes who were just busy all day to make dinner for tonight so we know that money isn't the solution it Mm. cannot be the solution otherwise uh, those kids would be depressed and the rich kids wouldn't want to die or whatever. Right. And so it, it helps, but it's not like it cannot be the end game. Yeah. The end game has to be... That's why I would be, take the 75,000 too because I would still be, be hungry. Yeah. Well, like, that's maybe a good point I can too. break this curse, dude. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there you go. We're going to try to break the curse. I think that's what we're all striving towards is to break the curse. <laughs> yeah, what is the curse? The curse of life, man. The curse of uh, humanity. Yeah, is, is it a curse? It kind of seems like it it's can be. It's a gift and a curse, I guess. Yeah, animals are super chill. They're yeah. not worried. Yeah, like there's no suicidal animals, right? Yeah. Every dog is just happy. Mm-hmm. 
but humans are aware of how things could uh, be. Tim Warner uh, was on Kill Tony on Monday, and he got the secret show. And I went and saw him last night, and he was doing a bit about that, how like animals don't have existential crises. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're just chill. <laughs> We're the only species like cursed with that. Yeah, with a uh, is it? Uh, it's not sentience. It's like self consciousness. Self consciousness. Yeah. Yeah, like we can self awareness. Self awareness, and we can think about things in a way that we can like compare and be like, oh, this person has this thing. I want that. Well, first of all, you could probably get it if yeah. they got it, and you're a person, you could probably get it too. <laughs> like maybe you can't do the Elon Musk thing, but like maybe you could if you dedicated your entire existence to it for thirty fucking years, like he did. Mm-hmm. You know, like people. Oh, I saw this. Yeah, and he's comment. the richest man in the world, and he's still striving for more. Like that's. But that's because he break doesn't. The curse. He, yeah, he is trying <laughs> to probably break the curse. I mean, who knows what motivates that guy he's kind of like his own character um, yeah is he worried about the future of humanity or is he just like being the richest guy in the world i think he likes being the richest guy in the world yeah but uh a lot of the things that i think he does have like an altruistic uh tilt and you know is it bad that he wants to make a lot of money no like mm. did he buy twitter because he's like trying to protect free speech or did he just is it the ultimate troll <laughs> is it, the is ultimate it a twitter troll well or did he and he also he didn't want to get canceled first of all yeah he didn't want to get suppressed he wanted to have control and also it was like this like a great house that was just kind of dilapidated just need a couple of rolls of paint flip mm. it back on the market for 10x or whatever yeah and if, yeah, and you, if you can you, actually pull it off you cut out half the landscapers and the, yeah you fire all of the, the contractors staff. seriously <laughs> instantly profitable just from firing everyone yeah he just put a, i i was obsessed with twitter from 2009 up to like 2015 and then i saw a lot of the social justice stuff rolling in uh because tumblr fell apart because they eliminated pornography so then tumblr dumped on to twitter and then trump announced he was running in 2015 and I was like, this is not going to get good. Like, it's not the type of content I want to be into anymore. Yeah. So I got off there. But I will check Twitter on my desktop once in a while. I'll go to somebody's profile or something. But I saw that Elon just implemented the view count on tweets. Yeah. And such that little tweak I love. Yeah. Because you could actually, like, that actually shows how well that tweet's doing. Totally. Because, like, I don't retweet a lot. I don't favorite a lot of stuff. I don't reply to a lot of things. And those are the only metrics that they were measuring success on. That's the funny thing about like Twitter is it's been such a staple in social media for so long and yet they never evolved, you know, like they weren't adding features. They weren't creating anything new or interesting. In fact, what they were doing was buying rivals like Vine and then shutting them down. Like Vine was the original TikTok. Mm -hmm. That was like the first, well, Snapchat was the first player in short form video, but then Vine and even like Snapchat kind of missed a little bit of the boat there. I mean, I used to work there, and so... Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, I spent six years there. Well, Instagram stories came in and killed them. Killed us, yeah. And then Kylie Jenner put the nail in the coffin. Yeah. Does anyone even use Snapchat anymore? Rude, <laughs> rude. Their stock fucking yeah. tanked. That was painful. But <laughs> Were you there shot at the up. time? Oh, yeah, I was for all of it. Uh, and and But the company was always based more around one-to-one communication, is how the founder, Evan, always talked about it. In the, in the, is that Evan Spiegler? Uh, uh, Spiegel, yeah. Yeah. And Bobby Murphy. Yeah. And so what were you it was, doing in Snapchat. 
Uh, I was in engineering, okay. and so coding basically. Yeah. So I built our first version. Were you on dick of, detection? Was that you? Yeah, I was. I was. All the nudes were coming to me. I still got them on a hard drive. Uh, no, I uh, I built some cool stuff. Does the uh, company have access to any of the pictures that get like traded on there? No, like data retention is. We have really strong data retention policies because yeah. it's so expensive to retain data. Right. So it costs money to yeah. you know like memories. Meta can do that. Meta, I mean, they probably anyone can store all that if they want to because the cost of storage goes down. But it's still something where, like, you know that your costs are growing every single day from just storing all that data. So you actually want to get data off your servers okay. as a cost savings mechanism. So if I delete a picture off of Instagram, it's probably gone? Yeah, yeah, okay. probably. Because why would they pay, you know, six cents a year times a billion users to do that? Right. Or whatever it is. Could be more. Yeah. All of our random stalkers screenshot everything anyway, so it's on them to retain that data. And I, 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 there's some permanence on the internet. Maybe the rule is like whatever you don't want to exist forever will exist forever. Yeah. Anything that was cool will be gone. <laughs> I've been watching. I've been obsessed with these YouTube documentaries by this guy Traplor Ross. He's a white kid from London who's obsessed with American hip hop, and he does these long form, like an hour to three hour documentaries on gangs and rap groups and rap beefs and stuff and everyone's like how do you get all this information like blah 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 where do you find all this shit he's like i fucking google it it's all out yeah, there yeah there's all these blogs and sites dedicated to these rappers they incriminate themselves all day they go on instagram live and threaten uh their ops their opposition they go on there and make all these death threats and they write all these songs and say people's names and stuff. And they shoot music videos with all these guys in the background. All he does Dude, is just real. parse through all of this uh, free information that people like. Yeah, they take uh, screen recordings of their Instagram lives. They post them yep. on Reddit. Their yep. screenshots, their music videos are all on YouTube. Their songs are all on Spotify. He's like, these guys are incriminating themselves left They're, and right. <laughs> dude, rappers, they talk about the shit they do. And, okay, so did you hear about that law? Oh, where did I hear that? That you cannot use rap lyrics against a rapper in court now. Good, yeah. It's a musical. to do that with, with Young Thug. W was that it? I, I just heard about this. There's a lot of guys that do it, but Young Thug... Got a Rico case slapped against him. What's Rico? Racketeering involved corrupt organization. Dude, how'd you pull that out of your brain? <laughs> it's either corrupt or criminal organization. He's like, it's in there. Because <laughs> a lot of people are getting hit with Rico's in the rap game right now. It's how they brought down the mob in the 70s. It's how they were able to get the mob bosses. Oh. So if you were hired to kill somebody, they can get the guy that hired you. They can arrest that guy. Oh, um, through the racketeering or whatever through yeah, that. Yeah. See, that's the cool thing about YouTube though, is like it does have those unique people and they're just super into whatever they're into. Mm -hmm. And then they can make a living on that and yeah. they can like, you know, well, why that guy was into rap or whatever, you know, gathering all that stuff. Mm -hmm. Who knows? Yeah. But it's cool. I think it's good for the culture too. Cause a lot of these kids coming up are going to watch these documentaries and they're going to be like, well, I'm not going to do what this kid. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's negative examples and positive examples yeah. and both are good for learning. Cause a lot of them are just copying what works right now and it's doing real street shit, rapping about real street shit. Um, and then going to jail for this street shit. But a lot of these kids, uh, like, it sucks because, like, the labels are, like, preying upon these kids, too. A lot of the guys that are blowing up now have only been rapping since, like, the pandemic started. And they have one or two songs that go viral on TikTok. The record labels scoop them up, take possession of all, all of, of their, their material. Yep. 
they get a piece of everything that they do. The guy either dies or goes to jail. They're in the news. Their views and streams blow up. The record label, label gets, gets a quick hit on that, and then they move on to the next kid. That's like predatory, actually. It's super predatory. But if I was a kid, what would you do if you were 15 right now? In this in this landscape, yeah. Right now, subtract I would 20 years. Be from more the clock. addicted to porn than I already am. <laughs> well, yeah, that, that's, I'd be, I'd be, that's every 15 year old. I'm kind of doing what the 15 year old. I'm on YouTube <laughs> oh, watching rap documentaries and like Bronx drill music videos and shit. Yeah, I guess I'm. We're, we're doing what every 15 year old would yeah. be doing: trying to do content, trying to do comedy, yeah. trying to do YouTube. I'd be smoking way better weed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There'd be better skate parks out there right now. Like kids gotta have it better if you can get out of the house and do something. Like it's crazy. Know. Like if I was fifteen, I'd, I'd yeah. have a YouTube channel and you know I'd be doing all that stuff. My friends and I were like rapping on the internet back in like two thousand five, but like there wasn't like a SoundCloud yet. Uh, YouTube had just come out. I don't know if we ever even put a video on YouTube. But it was seen even until I remember mocking YouTubers. Like in twenty eighteen, I was yeah. mocking YouTubers. And I was just like, oh, they're, you know, but it's like, oh, shit, this is like an unlimited business opportunity mm-hmm. where the crazy thing, and I've said this a million times, I'm going to say it a million times more because it blows my mind yeah. of every ad that's shown on YouTube, the creator gets the majority share. That's like symbolic. That's like amazing. Google makes less money on a YouTube video than the person who uploaded it. Right. That's like a miracle to me. Yeah. And so that means there's no cap. If you can make a $10 million video or a 10 million view video, that is whatever. That's like 50 grand. Mm -hmm. Uh, And if you're minting like, you know, James DeFranco is a good example. He's minting like a million views three times a week. So like that's craziness. Multiply that for 20 more years. We're going to see YouTube billionaires. We're going to see YouTube billionaires. Mr. Beast might be one of them. He already said that he was offered a billion dollars for, for everything. He, he'll never for, take it because yeah. he has the perfect machine to express himself and his content and he can build in any direction. Yeah. And, and then if cool. he gets sick of making content, he knows how to make viral content. He can just yeah. get another face in the video. But would he it. ever like for the same reason you would take the 75 grand to do stand up instead of the more money producing yeah. is the same reason he's always going to do YouTube. He right. just loves it. Well, he's only... 24 yeah that's what's so cool about yeah him. so like who knows what he's gonna like be into when he's 30 yeah he yeah. might be over like maybe to maybe antarctica <laughs> yeah well maybe his style will evolve and yeah. that would be interesting to see what it changes it's so funny the work he puts into for a 15 minute video <laughs> dude it's crazy i went to this vidcon conference where he spoke at to yeah. try to figure out youtube and yeah. meet some of those guys he goes and obsesses over every single detail. My favorite is the thumbnail. Mm-hmm. He spends like 20 grand on thumbnails. Well, I don't know why, because it super matters. And he's like monitoring the impression, the click-through rate of every video. Yeah. And if it's not what he expects, he's trying a new title, trying a new yeah, thumbnail. Yeah, they constantly update their thumbnails too. Yeah, yeah. Until they find the one that like, you know, has the, because nobody really knows. Uh, one of the most annoying things, and I would really appreciate it if YouTube would integrate this natively, is like it's very easy for these tech companies to create A-B tests. They do it all day long. Every feature that you see on YouTube is A-B tested before it release. Mm-hmm. All the metrics are tracked. Does it hurt time and app? Does it boost this engagement metric that we're looking for? Whatever the goal is. Yeah. 
they need to give all that tech to YouTubers so they can test a different title, a different, because how would you know? You know, you're just doing things you think you'd like, but maybe there's like 50 right. versions. And if you could try all those with yeah. AI, right? Get them to generate a bunch of different variants. Tinder does that with the smart photos. Boom. That is exactly <laughs> what we need. That's exactly what we need. We need the Tinder smart photos for thumbnails. Yeah. That'd be dope. You just upload 10 of them and like yep. see which one hits. Yep. That is smart. And especially if AI helped you make all those. Yeah. So you create the base version and then you're like, give me five elaborations of this. And mm -hmm. it takes one second. You know, that's the future we're headed to. Right. So I think content creators are going to be in for a party in the next five years. And all, basically, all yeah, yeah. Because like you're going to create your podcast and have an episode and then you're going to run it through this AI bot for three bucks and it's going to remove anything that drops retention. And how does it know? It's analyzed every single one of your videos and looked at drops in retention, which is the data that YouTube gives you. Mm -hmm. So anytime that it can create a ID off something that could possibly create a drop in retention automatically cuts it out of the video. Mm. And then your, your, uh, so any like long pauses or anything. Yeah. I mean, yeah. at that conference, Mr. Beast was saying like, even a cough, even a cough can, you know, obviously I'm not worried about that stuff. Like I'm just starting out, yeah. but like, well, this podcast is gonna <laughs> let's go let's fucking go this is gonna be the first 100k podcast <laughs> with, with all the coughs and <laughs> yeah yeah people love the coughs they like that's the but you know maybe that's the thing that causes retention yeah they're like we love it when jesse coughs it's the best <laughs> yeah cough yeah coughing uh eating yeah yeah i think like certain like keywords or probably like sounds or something like that like there's gonna be uh, people have a lot of weird aversions yeah, w right. And and all that data is going to be available in the retention graph. And so these AIs are going to be able to learn exactly how to do that stuff. Mm. But, you know, we're probably I always think everything's closer than it actually is. But um, some people are like I don't like stuff that's like super crisp and clean sometimes. Like I mm -hmm. like some of the raw shit. Me too. Me too. Where like you have to like you're like if it cut out all the pauses, it's like what if someone's like taking like a pause, just like think for a moment and then you cut that out. <laughs> yeah yeah well and also like comedy is a good example of where like the pause is the joke mm. and the timing really matters and is yeah. intentional i have a joke where i don't even have to finish the punchline half the time because people like automatically it automatically like pops in their head and they laugh yeah so like i'm just like silent and then i go thank you i'm just really <laughs> that's fucking cool yeah so what's your comedy ambitions what do you want what do you want to happen in 2023 2023 book me dude put oh, me yeah. on stage i'm available oh, yeah. right now the calendar is wide for women and okay, comedy women. or not i don't know I've, okay <laughs> like i've been trying to get a date that's not going i'd like are to, you on the dating apps or i'm on the dating apps i'm on hinge nice. i'm on tinder i'm getting no action what about bumble on either of them i don't know i don't i don't do bumble i think bumble's the best because you pay the lifetime fees like 90 bucks or whatever it is, is. A lifetime yeah. membership lifetime for unlimited swipes or whatever yeah whatever the membership is yeah, but those know. dating apps, you know, they never work. They never work. As a member of the Manosphere, I want to say that the dating apps are after straight... They prey on straight white guys. I think they suppress us in the algorithm and force us to spend all the money on the uh, boosts in the fucking... That's all, probably true. That shit. Yeah. Oh, I bought a million boosts. Yeah. yeah. Uh, go to a new city, want to see what's my up, black get a date friends for the do night, way better. It up. Maybe white girls in Austin just like black guys because there's not a lot of them down here. <laughs> Is there not? It seems like Austin actually has a pretty good diversity. Like people always say there's no black people, but according to I've Google, uh, the Austin population is 70, no, 7% black. Is that not a lot? It's not a lot. What's America? Like 25 maybe. Okay. Yeah. 
It's pretty if good. If we number. had a voice command, we would look it up, right? Yeah. <laughs> we need the AI. You know, most people are Asian. I didn't know that until a couple of years ago. <laughs> like, almost everyone is Asian. Oh, like uh, genetically? I think over like half of the... of all, No, just like I think over half of all people alive today are Asian, of some Asian <laughs> descent. I think it's like 60% or something. We could look it up, but we don't have to. My sister did a 23andMe, and we're like very Western European, like mostly uh, like British, I think. Same. Like 80% British, something like that. Yeah. Standard white. Yeah. Oh, it's not so bad. Yeah, someone's like, what are you? I was just all types of white. Yeah, all types of white. Girls think I'm uh, Eastern Bloc, like Albanian. I, get, uh, I used to I I used, see that. At the laser factory, I worked with a lot of Albanians. And uh, and I wear an Adidas track jacket. That doesn't help either. They're like, are you Albanian? Why are they always wearing track jackets? Because uh, it's comfortable. Uh, it's something to do with the Olympics or something like that. Oh, yeah? Well, uh, reason? Adidas is German. Oh, I didn't know that either. Yeah, I, I was reading a history on track suits, and I forget... But like, yeah, like the Olympics had something to do with it. But so we're gonna get you booked on shows. Yeah, you're gonna be headlining. We're gonna get on the road. Yeah, dude, I got. Let's I can, fucking go. I can do thirty minutes probably. Can you really? I cannot probably. even do three right now. I haven't been on stage in months. I can. I can be up there for thirty minutes. I can, I can do a flaccid three, a soft three, yeah. <laughs> a loose three. Yeah, I'll do a. Yeah, I'll do a loose forty-five. <laughs> I'll open for anyone in any city, anywhere. Yeah. You got a loose three from me for free, right? Yeah. Uh, goals are just write more material, do more yeah. time on stage. Yep. It'd be cool when Rogan's podcast opens or not podcast uh, club opens. Clubs, club opens. I'm looking forward to that because everyone, uh, people say Jesse, where's where's the Austin comedy scene right now? Where's it? Going? Yeah, where is it? Uh, it's it has well, it, like there was a scene here and they all hid from COVID, is what I heard. Like when I showed up, I like everyone's like, oh, the old scene, the old guard. Mm-hmm. I'm like, where are they? Like yeah, who, Velveeta who are, Room. Like where are they? Who, yeah, who are these people? Where are they at? All these new clubs open, all these new comics came in, all these new open mics opened up. So I call it like the comedy Taliban came in. There's like no central leadership. Yeah. Everyone's fighting. It is militaristic for, too. Yeah. There's like all these factions formed and they're running these rooms and they book each other on these shows and whatnot. But once Rogan's club opens up, it's all going to funnel into that that's going to be the main goal because that's going to be like the comedy store of the South. Uh, what if he does it bad? What if it's like a shitty club? I don't know. I doubt he did. I mean, he had a lot of feedback. It's almost, it's like, it's, there's no way it's, it's on be some bad. too big to fail yeah. It'll be type great. shit. Yeah, it'll be great. The uh, biggest, richest comedian in the world owns it. Is he the um, richest? He's got to be up there, dude. He makes one tenth the money he could if he tried. So, whatever. Yeah. Like, just make all your podcast NFTs your I mean, before Spotify, he was making 30 mil a year off that podcast. Yeah. And then the Spotify, the hundred million was only the licensing fee. They also run ads on my paid Spotify subscription. So where's that? Yeah. Money what is that? What is that? Why are they running ads on a paid subscription? I hate that shit. Cause I don't know, but there's more money. I'm sure Rogan's getting a piece of that. He's reading those totally, ads. Totally. So there's a piece over there. He's doing uh 10 to 20,000 seat arenas when he goes out. <laughs> I mean, it's cool, but yeah. I think he's not very motivated by money. <clears throat> no, but he's know, definitely but one of the the hot. Was he on the list of the highest earning comedians? He has to be. He has. He's got to be entertainers, right? Like it's always like Jeff Dunham in Seinfeld and stuff. But like, who are the best entertainers outside of comedy? Outside of comedy? Yeah, I love The Rock. Like that guy doesn't even seem real to me. 
He's just like injecting tests in in his ass and like working out or whatever he does. I don't know. However he does it. Yeah, as a specimen, he's fast. He's a specimen, man. He's a specimen. His like worth, he's trying to break the curse. Like what is he working so hard Oh God, I think he makes like 50 million. Yeah, right. What motivates The Rock? That is a good question. How much, how physically and fame wise, how much bigger can you get? Right. I mean, but he's just like coasting and riding this wave endlessly. It's been like a long time. And he's not slowing down. He's like building a new Iron Paradise or whatever. Yeah. His he, gym. He just wants to like leave a legacy or something. That's cool. I, guess. Yeah. I totally respect that. Same with like Kevin Hart. It's like and Kevin Hart's another example. And like, yeah, I think his special is called What Now? Because he played a 50,000 seat arena in his hometown. He's yeah. like, where do I go from there? Yeah. And like Fluffy played Dodger Stadium, sold out two shows. I'm so happy we get people like Louis C.K. back. I was so pissed that he even took any time off. But I think like, you know, what did he do? He jacked off in front of a couple people. Is that the worst? Okay, okay, this is a joke I wanted to make (laughs) where it's like, I get that that's bad. I get that that's bad. First of all, people can say no. Secondly. Never lock the door. Yeah. It's like, secondly, if somebody, if Henrita Weinstein was like, hey, compound for like an hour and I'm going to make you like, I'm going to put you in the show and I'm going to elevate you and blah, right. blah, blah. I do that in a heartbeat. Yeah. I do that in a heartbeat. Gladly. I tell everyone, I'd be like, check this shit out. Yeah. Look what happened to me. And then like this other person is somehow, I don't know, maybe I should get canceled. Maybe I'm a misogynist. <laughs> there were a lot of women that said yes to Harvey Weinstein too. But like, why is that the worst well, thing in the worst? Is that the worst thing in the world? The girls that said no, weren't allowed to say no, which isn't right. He wait, they weren't allowed to say no. Well, Harvey. First of all, let's just get clear. He's the creepiest guy ever, and he looks like a goblin. Yeah, and he right? forced himself upon women. Yeah, uh, yeah. Like he's a Bill he, Cosby character. I'm yeah. not defending him. Whatever. Yeah. I'm just saying, if somebody gave me an opportunity that was somewhat analogous, yeah, I would say thank you. <laughs> There's probably a pussy I wouldn't eat for fame. Really? It's got to be out there. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah, eat is rough. Yeah. But like, is it really that worse than if wrestling? She's Henrietta Weinstein. She's gonna want her boxy and. Ah, that would be rough. I mean, but the way, if it was just like the same thing you're going to get when two guys wrestle, right? You're going to get some ball sweat in your mouth. That's the worst thing that's going to happen. It's like, okay, I could deal with that that for 50 million. I think so. (laughs) (laughs) You got two sweaty guys rolling around on the the mat. Yeah, it just drips in, drips in your mouth. It has to happen. It has to happen. Anyway, cancel me. I'm fucked. <laughs> it's, at, it's at the end of the pod. No one watches the end of the pod. Yeah. Now, they skip to the end to see the crazy shit that you wrap up with. Right, that's true. Uh, but w- let's let's bring this one home. Um, okay. okay, so what are your socials and how can people find you? And w- uh, Lonely Man's Podcast on all platforms. Please subscribe on YouTube. We have a Patreon, patreon.com slash lonelymans. We do. You got subscribers. Hell yeah. Uh, we got a few on there. We need a few more. And then uh, we can start making money, <laughs> which would be nice. That's real shit. Monetize um, and make the podcast better. So if you like the podcast and you want to make it better, patreon.com slash lonelymans. I'm on Instagram at jesse.burlingame. I think my OnlyFans is down now. <laughs> we'll have to do a collab on OnlyFans at some point. We should. I'm just yeah. starting mine. <laughs> I think OnlyFans wants to get out of the porn game desperately. They're trying to get creators and comedians and stuff in there. Oh, yeah? So that might be like the next wave to try to jump on. Oh, that'd Yeah, be they're cool. like producing original content, so. Huh. Something like, so that, it's a joke now, but it might be a real thing in the future. Yeah. Like, subscribe to my OnlyFans. It's a broad brand. They can, you know, or broad brush, you know, yeah. OnlyFans. Um, and if you want me to eat your box for fame, slide in the DMs, dude. Uh, we'll both go in, how about two million each? 
Are we splitting the seventy five thousand dollars? We're gonna go. Oh, I was thinking thirty seven five each. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll get paid. We'll get paid at some point. All right, man. Thank you so much for coming on. Dude, thanks for having me. Yeah. Have all fun right. editing out all the coughs on the podcast. Oh, we'll keep them all in. Yeah, keep, keep it cough. raw. Keep People it real. People like the coughs. People love the coughs. Hell yeah. All right, see you guys.